Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens and they are giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D along with five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash insane. That is athleticgreens.com slash insane. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, my name is Kate and I'm gonna be talking about my grief process after losing my boyfriend to cancer. So essentially, I was born. I came out of the womb and then I was here. And then um, uh, the first time I really started struggling um, with my mental health was when I was like eight. I um, started like it like I was always very anxious like as a child. Like I like was like a very stressed about everything for no reason. Um, But then all of a sudden like one day it got like drastically worse. Like I couldn't sleep. I was like really like feeling just awful all the time and um my mom was like something is just not right it was something that was very weird um and so I'm from Syracuse and so we do not have good health care up there and that will be a common theme yeah. um for, for both me and Charlie um but my mom took me to this doctor and he was like he thought my mom thought I had this thing called pandas which is um pediatric um uh like it's autoimmune strep infection. Okay. So it's like essentially where you get really bad OCD as a result as of chronic strep. Okay. So it's like a really weird thing. Yeah. Um, because I would get strep all the time. Um, and that so was. So they thought that's where your anxiousness was like spurring from. Exactly. Okay. Um, because of like how like rapid the onset mm-hmm. was. Um, but the doctor was like absolutely like. No, like people don't really get that a lot, like because it's it's a newer development. Like they mm-hmm. only like discovered it in like the late nineties. Yeah. Um, and so this was like I don't know, like early two thousand, so it was still like new. Um, yeah. but then I literally had strep infection when I was there, even though I didn't feel sick, mm-hmm. and they immediately thought realized that that's what the problem was. Yeah. But um, they really couldn't do anything about it because. It was in my system for too long. Um, so, like, now I just have chronic city, And, like, that was kind of, like, the first time in my life I, like, realized that I was going to be a person with health issues for the rest of my life. Um, but, yeah. And, like, he, I remember I was I was literally, like, eight years old. And the doctor goes to me. He goes, I think you're one in 100,000. Or... I th- and I was like, oh, good. Like, yeah. So, like, did they give you any medicines for it? Or they just, just kind of were like, this is what you have and deal with it? It's – so I had to be on antibiotic okay. for, like, four years. Wow. Like, a very long period of time. Um, did that affect your health at all? Like, being on antibiotics mm-hmm. for that long? Not that I noticed, but it honestly could have. And I okay. just don't remember. Yeah. Because um, I feel like that's, like, pretty harsh on the body. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it was a lower dose okay. or – what it was mm-hmm. um but i was on it for like years but like essentially that was just so i didn't have strep in my body anymore okay. but it wouldn't get rid of the symptoms got it so i've had like very severe ocd ever since which is like weird in itself because it's like ocd is like one of the weirdest things to explain mm-hmm. um especially because i don't have it in a lot of like the stereotypical ways i guess right like I had a phase where it was a hand-washing phase, but it goes in cycles. Mm-hmm. So then now I'm not a hand-washer at all anymore. Now I'm a, like more of like a checker. Like I have to like um, 
like this will become a common theme, but like I will think people are dead. And so I have to like check their like location to make sure they're alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that's kind of that will loop back around. But um, that's your thing right now. Yeah. OK. Um, and then like going on through life, um, all pre Charlie still like. When I um, was like the eighth grade, they started to realize that my my hips and my joints were just not good because I was a runner. And um, I was like running on the high school team. Like I really loved it. Like because um, I'm I'm like built like very lanky, like a string bean. So like um, that was <laughs> obviously for running. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but my joints were my hips would kill me every single day. Yeah. Like they like like snap on each other. And then um so I had a hip surgery because uh, my femur's in the wrong place. So it's too forward mm-hmm. in my pelvis. Um, but they didn't realize um, um, that there was a bigger component to it. So like I had the surgery and it didn't help anything. Okay. And they kind of were just like, oh, she's just a young woman who's mm-hmm. having pain. Like she's making it up. It's period pain. Yeah. Like naturally, of course. So um, – yeah, so, like, the, that's, like, all my, like, pre-just-Kate stuff before Charlie really even came into my life. So, Charlie came into my – I had known him since kindergarten, but he really didn't become an important part of my life until the summer before my junior year of high school. Okay. Um, like, we were very friendly, um, and we, we ran cross-country together, like – but we were never like friends. It was just like, oh, like hey, like just. So did you know each other like through school, or was it a family kind, of, like family friends kind of thing? Through school, okay, yeah, just Got through it. school. Um, but we, like, we, like I said, like we really weren't close. Mm-hmm. Um, but then our freshman year of high school, um, he got very sick very fast. Um, and no one could figure out what was wrong with him. Um, and then all of a sudden I remember vividly, I was, um, with my friend Tim and he goes to me, he goes, Charlie has cancer. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, Mm -hmm. he was like 14 years old. Like who gets cancer at 14? So at this time were you, you and him were pretty close or you, it's, you said it wasn't until your junior year? Yeah. So not at this point yet. So freshman, but freshman year is when he was diagnosed with cancer. Okay. Yeah. So that's when he was diagnosed. And, like, I knew it wasn't a good prognosis because of the way my friend said it to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like, is he going to be okay? Like, is there treatments? Like, and he just was kind of like, like, no. Yeah. Like, there's really nothing. But, like, he didn't really know either because, like, again, we were, like, children. I was going to say, in ninth grade, you're still so young. I feel like even though you know what things are, your mind still doesn't fully grasp those kind of you know the seriousness of those kind of things exactly and I definitely Mm -hmm. didn't grasp it at all I was just like he's gonna be okay like it's Mm -hmm. gonna be hard like we all have these hardships and like but he's gonna be fine um and then so shortly after that I texted him and I was like can I bring you fudge like because people I I just in my head, I'm like, if you have any problem, I have to make you fudge. That's that's only mm-hmm. the way I know how to, like, care for people. Yeah. I lo- I'm a big, like, 
gift giver person. Mm-hmm. I like to bake things for people. Where's and, the fudge? I, I know. I'm sorry. How are you going to bring up fudge and then not bring fudge? I know. Okay. I know. Now I'm upset. No, I'm just kidding. Keep going. <laughs> I send it in the mail. <laughs> um, and he was like, yes, of course you can bring me fudge. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just showed up at his house one day with like a thing of fudge and he was like it was like the most awkward thing ever i was like hey like here's your fudge and he was like thanks was he going through any treatments at this point or not yet not yet because okay. he had just got diagnosed and like this was before he could like he went all over for treatments. i think okay. he was in ohio at one point he was in boston at one point he was in mexico at one point mm-hmm. like everywhere but this was like right before he started treatment and then I kind of just went on with my life, um, you know, just like being in high school and doing all the things. Um, and then all of a sudden, like the summer for junior year, he like just texted me out of the blue and was like, Kate, that was just so genuine of you that you brought me fudge that one time. I was just thinking about it. I just thought that was really sweet of you. And I was like, really? Wow. Like, that's mm-hmm. nice. Like, Because I would like, check in on him every once in a while. Right. Because we were friendly and I just, I worried and like, I literally, my OCD like latched on it big time. Like I would pray every single night for him um, and I'm not religious at all anymore. Right. But like, I like every single night up over and over and over because like OCD is a big thing of like cycles. Like I do it. Okay. I'll pray for him 10 times every night and then he will stay alive. Well, mm-hmm. like spoiler alert, like he didn't, he's dead. Yeah. But um, at that time, um that's what I, I thought. Um, and yeah, so he just sent me that. And I was like, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. And so we just started talking a little bit, just texting. And immediately as soon as I started texting him, I was like, oh, wait, like something's there. Like, yeah. And I was so nervous about it because I hadn't even ever had a boyfriend at that point. I was very innocent for sure. Mm. I would like like boys but i would never speak to them yeah um i would just like stare at them like that was enough for me admire them (laughs) exactly Mm -hmm. the 14 that was enough yeah actually speaking to a man was just not for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but i started talking to him and it was just so easy right um and he was just so funny like he was just one of the funniest people i've ever met he's always doing like impressions and like if there's like anything of like old men and like all sorts of like weird things. Yeah. He's just like one of those very witty people. Right. Um, but you wouldn't know it because he was very quiet. Mm-hmm. Like unless you were close to him, like you wouldn't know it. Um, and so I was like, I'm I'm starting to feel some things, but I'm going to push it down because like this seems like a lot. Um, and at this point, I don't think I knew that he was terminal. But shortly after I, I learned but even when I knew he was terminal, I don't think, honestly, up until like a few months before he died that I truly understood. So we went to just go hang out. We just went to go see a movie because like he was obsessed with movies. He always wanted to go to movie theater. Like everyone got him um, like those like regal cinema yeah. gift cards um, because he was sick. Like he would just he would always call it like cancer perks. He's like, I've got all these perks. Like let me treat you to a movie. <laughs> Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, slay. Like, I'll come. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went and we saw The Glass Castle. Like, this wicked sad movie. Like, why on earth did we go see that? Right. Um, and I just was dying laughing the entire time I was hanging out with him. He was just so funny and just so easy to talk to. And just, like, I just really enjoyed being around him. Like, more than I had previously with, like, um, with a guy before. Like, I just never had felt, like, that strongly before. Right. Um 
And yeah, he was just wonderful. So I I eventually, like I really battled myself whether or not I was going to tell him because I knew in my heart that he was never going to admit if he had feelings for me. Why did you think that? I think because a combination of him being shy and him being sick, I think he, I don't think he ever wanted to bring anyone into that. Got it. Um, and if I never had said anything, he would have never said anything. Okay. Um, and he told me that. Because um, I eventually, I was battling with myself back and forth. I was like, should I say something to him? Should I not? Like, I don't want to upset him. Like, I don't want to, like, have it be this big, huge thing. Like, he's got much bigger problems to worry about than, like, my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's tough, too, because it's like you enjoyed his company, which you could have just left it at oh, like, we can just keep enjoying each other's company. But at the end of the day, we're all human and we have feelings. And I think naturally when you start to like somebody, you want to tell them, you know, Mm -hmm. and, like, we all want it to be more if you do like someone. So it's, like, I can imagine, like, the back and forth, like, within yourself of, like, should I, should I not? Because it's, like, you know, you just – you never know. Exactly, exactly. And I – yeah, I was, like, I should just leave it to friends, blah, blah, blah. And I just couldn't. Like, something in me just knew that I couldn't. And I, I just like was really ballsy and just was like, I, I like you. Like you don't need to say anything about it. Like we don't need to speak of this ever again. Like yeah. I just have to tell you, otherwise I'm gonna lose my mind because I'm a very big person of um, like taking risks because like you don't you if you never try you're never gonna know like I can't have any regrets in my life I'm like deeply afraid of regrets and I can like truly say that I anything that I wanted to do I just do because I like the idea of not not completing what I need to do is just so unbearable to me yeah um and not knowing and never knowing because I'll I'll stick on it forever I'll mm-hmm. think about it forever um it's just unbearable to me so I I told him and he was like, Kate, like, I feel exactly the same way. Like, I was never going to tell you because I don't want to bring you into all this. Like, um, and I was like, "Mm, like, fuck it. Like, I'm, I'm going to do what I want. Like, I don't really care. We'll just see. Yeah. We'll just see. It can mean nothing. We, we'll just see. And so literally right after that, he took me to the Make-A-Wish Ball with him. And... I literally, our first date was literally with his family at the Make-A-Wish Mall. And I don't know why, but we had such a wonderful time. Like, we literally, like, there was, like, because he was a teenager with cancer. Like, most people, like, in childhood cancer, like, they don't show teenagers in that kind of struggle. There's not as many support groups for that. Like, mm-hmm. And so it was literally, like, him and, like, one other person and then, like, a bunch of, like, five-year-olds. But, like, there's, like, this dance floor and this band and, like, we're just the only ones out there dancing. We're just like slow dancing on the dance floor by ourselves. And like, that's not like me at all. Yeah. And I don't think that was really like him at all either. Cause I'm like, I'd be like, oh, what are people thinking? Are they looking at me? Blah, blah, blah. And I just didn't care. Yeah. You're um, very in the moment. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I just, I think everyone there kind of like, felt what I was feeling too because like the photographer like wouldn't leave us alone there. Like, was just like taking all these pictures of us just. And his family was just, or they are. I'm still very close with his family. And they are some of the most wonderful people yeah, on this world. Um, and it was just so wonderful. It was like he would he wanted to do everything he could to, like, 
make me feel happy and appreciated. And like, I remember he held my hand and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to yeah. faint. <laughs> um, and immediately after that, um, he literally texted me and told me he loved me. And I was like, and I was like, yeah, that's fair. Like, Aww. it was like one of, now I would never ever do that. Right. But like, given the circumstances i feel like it depends on the situation and anybody can say oh it's too soon to say certain things but i feel like too if you have a certain chemistry with somebody sometimes time doesn't matter you know what i mean like it seems like you guys knew and i think too you can love somebody before a relationship because you guys did have a friendship and you really did enjoy each other's time so much that like once you kind of said oh i like you i like you too it kind of just added on top of all the other good stuff so i don't know i think that Sometimes you just know and sometimes it does happen sooner than, you know, six months or a year down the road or whatever the time might be. I don't think there's ever a right time, you know, to say those things. Yeah. So I think it's good. I think you guys had good chemistry. Yeah. It was just nuts. Like, because I'm a very practical person. Yeah. I'm like, I like to play by the rules. Like, right. I that's, Play it safe. Exactly. I'm just like that by nature. But I just like did not care right. with him. I was like, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to say yeah. whatever I'm going to say. Um. And yeah, so we were like immediately together right after that. Mm-hmm. And the the pace of our relationship was just unlike anything else. Like it just we when even though we were dating in high school, it didn't feel like a high school relationship even a little bit just because he wasn't even in school at this point because he was so close to the end of his life that he wasn't in school. So he had um I don't even know if I said what kind of cancer he had, but he had um DIPG which is it's a brain tumor on the back of your um, brainstem. So like that's where all your like vital functions are. Um, So there's a zero chance of survival with that type of. um, So do they even do any type of like chemotherapy for it or they just don't because the chances are not there? So the only stuff for it really is experimental. Okay. Because chemo like won't do anything for it. it. They have like. Some, like, new experimental treatment that is, like, radiation just specifically to that point. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's really – it's, like, improving, but it's not – Right. It's not curing it yet. So it's not a common type of cancer or – No, it's very rare. Um, Yeah, it's very, very rare. And no one has survived it yet. Um, and, like, even though he would tell me this kind of stuff all the time because he was very – and I'm, like, I'm, like, 16. And I'm, like, yeah. every day I go and see him, he's talking to me about death every single time I see him because it's the only thing that was on his mind. He'd yeah. been thinking about this since he was 14. And, like, it was very shocking to me at the time. And I was, like, oh, let's not talk about that. Like, right. you're not dying. And he's, like, no, I am. Right. This is what my funeral is going to be like. I want 70s rock music. And I want pizza there and I want it at this church and I want this and I want that. And I'm just like on the highway driving, like shaking. Right. Because he's literally planning his funeral out in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just – and like that's why it wasn't like any other – like I believe you fully can find love in high school, even not with this circumstance. I don't think it happens a lot, but I think it definitely happens. Mm-hmm. But this circumstance, it just was – so unlike he wasn't even in school he's literally talking to me about how he's planning his funeral right um and we just still had the most wonderful times we would like go to all these diners together and we like we're both big like breakfast 
people. Mm-hmm. Like, I need a pancake every single day. Yeah. Just, or I don't have one, but I want one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, we would, like, we'd go to the park, and he'd be like, let's just lay in the grass. I'm like, why? But, like, now I'm like, okay, like, is, there, is that necessary? But in the moment, like, if anyone else had asked me that, I'd be like, absolutely not. Like, mm-hmm. no. But, like, because it was him, and I just, like, didn't care. I was like, everything was wonderful with him. Right. We would just sit... And he would like literally text me one day and he'd be like, do you want to make a pillow, pillow fort today? Like, can we have a pillow fort date? I was like, yes, like, yeah. of course. Um, just like the like sweetest things. Right. Um, and he was just very like a tree lover, like tree hugger kind of person, like very, very into animals, very into nature. Like I, uh, like more than anyone I've ever met in my entire life, just like so genuinely loves it. And he would always want to watch nature documentaries. I'm like, I don't care about nature documentaries. But just watching him watch a nature documentary, like, insane. Like, it's just like when you watch something um, that someone loves through their eyes, it's like the funniest, like, it's the sweetest thing ever. It brings you happiness, too, I feel like. Yeah. Especially if you care about the person. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it really did. I'd be like, I like the flamingos. This is my favorite part. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, we got into it. Uh, but like it was all very hard in a lot of ways that I didn't understand at the time um, because we would ha- be having all these amazing moments when we we're together. But in, the, in between time, like he still – he was going to Mexico like for experimental treatment like every few weeks. Mm-hmm. So he'd be down there for a while or when we were together probably like two or three months into our relationship, he f- fell into septic shock. Animal. Which is what? It's like, I don't even know, but I know that it's like, it's like deathly, like, okay. and it happens to people. It's like when you fall into sepsis. And I, at the time, I really didn't know what that meant at all. Okay. But now I know like people die from that like mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and, But I just didn't know. So he didn't text me back. And I was just like, whatever. Like he was never much of a texter. So I didn't really think anything of it. Right. But then he was in the hospital on his deathbed. And so... Then that kind of put in that, like, that. that's kind of where my OCD latched onto that thing of, like, I think everyone I love is dying if I don't hear from them. And, like, I've kind of gotten better with that. But, like, still, like, it's, like, you – because when it happens and it's true, like, it's something like OCD will latch right onto that. Like, yeah. for people without it, like, you will still have plenty of problems. But right. It's that obsessive – thinking and like and the fear too mm-hmm, exactly and like i would just go and see him in the hospital and like when he was good he was he was great but like when he was like having like a worse like when he was sicker like i wouldn't wish that on anybody like yeah. he just was so frail and just not himself at all he like he had a walker but, like, he was such a good sport about everything. Like, he had all stickers on his walker. And he was like, these are my skateboard stickers, my 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 hot ride. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. You kill me. Um, but, like, it just, like, and he was sad. Like, he didn't want to die at all. But he was also very in an acceptance phase. And I for sure wasn't. And as, like, a 16-year-old, I didn't really realize – I, in the moment, like, I was just living day to day. Mm-hmm. I was, like, because I couldn't do anything else. I'm, like, I just want to be in the moment here with him right now. And I'll deal with all this, like, the almost dying and then not and then almost dying again. And then 
he tells me his tumor has grown and then he says it shrank and then like it was a very back and forth yeah very up and down very up and down and like when we started dating he was already past his life expectancy um so drpg has a life expectancy of nine months um he was at a year and a half when we started dating um and he died at two and a half okay so he made it much past his life expectancy which was great but like he already knew he was living on borrowed time Mm -hmm. um and that was horrible for for everybody and my and for my family too they were just so worried about me and i was like why would you be worried about me like i'm i'm with somebody i love um but like it's like now I have to really separate it into like what the trauma of the cancer and like the wonderfulness of who Charlie was as a person um, because he was so, so good to me. He even like I was really like I was like obsessed with the prom. Like I need to go to the prom. It needs to be this extravagant thing. And like I think I put even more weight on it because I knew like we wouldn't have a chance for anything other than that. Um, but then, uh, right before, so this is April, I think. So we started dating in August and like, this is April, um, or March, uh, somewhere around there of like 2018. And he says to me, like, I don't think I'm going to make it to prom. Like, I don't think I'm going to be alive for then because it was just getting worse. And I would just break down. Mm-hmm. I would like volunteer in the special ed classrooms in my at my high school um because I'm I'm a speech pathology grad student now so like that's like my thing I would literally go in and I'd sob to the TAs and they just like <laughs> I was just like unconsolable yeah. because like what was I supposed to do um there's no consoling that and mm-hmm. um but he just like randomly one day he 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 tells me he's like I need you to get your prom dress. I need, I like, get your prom dress altered because I know you haven't done that. Like, get it ready. Like, you need to, like, be ready. This is a date. I'm going to come pick you up. Like, it's going to be a thing. Um, and so he showed up at my house in a limo with a photographer and, like, threw this huge thing for me and, mm-hmm. like, had this professional photographer take all these photos of us. And, like, he was very into photos. Like, he wanted photos of everything. Like, I'm – I never remember to take photos because, like, I'm a very, like, right here, right now. Yeah. And then later I'm like, oh, like, I wish I took a photo. Right. Um, but he was, like, every time I would saw him, he'd be like, let's take a photo. Like, yeah. Do you want to take a picture? He'd be like, have his mom take pictures of mm-hmm. us. And I was like, I'm so embarrassed. Right. Um, but – so he had all these beautiful photos of us taken and then took me to this beautiful dinner and um, this nice Italian restaurant. And like he at this point is very frail. Like he, his mom literally had to come with us because she didn't just in case something happened because right. it was like she's just like creeping in the back mm-hmm. because he was just not like he was not well at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he was still he was he knew that this mattered to me so much. Mm. Um, even though like why was that my concern at the time? But right. you know, I'm a sixteen year old girl at this time, like yeah. that was everything. The problem was everything to me. Um and he really 
put such an effort. And then I ate this creme brulee and it was delicious. And I came back to his house and he had decorated the whole thing for me. Mm-hmm. And like he just like picked, made a playlist for us and we like just danced and like had a good time together. It's really sweet. It was the sweetest thing ever. Like it was so sweet. Um, and then I got food poisoning. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> immediately yeah. after. Oh my god. From the creme brulee. Yeah. What? That's nuts. Right? He's literally, like, he's the one who's deathly ill, and I'm, he's literally in the bathroom holding my hair back as I, like, vomit to his toilet. Oh, my God. Aggressively. And, like, you know, like, like it's not, like, cute either. Like, I have, no. like, makeup on, and, like, you, like, cry. And yeah. <laughs> he's just, like, hi, Kate. Right, like, just to- topped off the night perfectly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, why does, like, that is, like, one of the most special memories to me right. anyways. Mm-hmm. And now a word from our sponsor. Our sponsor for today is Athletic Greens. If you guys know me, you know that I take my health extremely seriously. I am a big gym freak. I love to eat healthy and I love to feel good overall. That being said, I have tried to find supplements to just boost this. I have tried energy drinks and coffee and everything in between to just always feel ready to go and just ready to start my day or ready to start my workout. But Those things aren't always healthy. Energy drinks are full of chemicals. Caffeine definitely always upsets my stomach because I have a pretty sensitive gut. And that is where AG1 comes in to save the day. AG1 is full of vitamins and minerals. It tastes amazing and it is going to give you a natural energy boost. It's going to improve your skin, your hair, your nails. I've literally seen an improvement in all of those things because obviously when you put healthy things into your body, The outside of your body shows that. Um, It's great for my gut and digestive health because like I mentioned, I have a really, really sensitive stomach. So it's important for me to really be cautious of what I'm drinking and consuming. So if you are looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D along with five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash insane. That is athleticgreens.com slash insane. Enjoy the episode. But then, like, he started getting sicker and sicker. Um, and, like, right after he had he had another photographer come who um, was wonderful. She used to do this pro- these projects for um, – she would do free f- photography sessions for children with cancer. Um, and so she had done some for Charlie and his family before, but Charlie like texted me one day and he was like, I really want you to come take these pictures with me. I'm like, I'm not going to like invade this family moment. He's like, no, like I want you to be there. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, of course, if you want me to be there, like I'll be there. And then a few weeks later, he, um, literally like two weeks later, he like suddenly broke up with me. And I think it was because, or I know it was because, um, he knew that his time was not what did he say much more he was like he said anything he had to to like get me to like believe it was for other reasons he'd be like no okay I just don't want to be together and I'm like and it was heartbreaking it was like because all the stuff happened just weeks before like all these like very special moments very special things and our, the entirety of our relationship he was very very protective of me he didn't want me to have to see any of this stuff like if he had morphine drip on like he didn't want me to come over if he's in the hospital he would tell his mom not to tell me like he would tell me 
all the time like Kate like I I just want to protect you from all this I don't want you and like I just didn't care I just wanted to be there like it didn't it wasn't something that was important to me to be protected like I I wish I hadn't been but like he said like whatever he had to and we broke up and we are still friends it was just horrible like it was not yeah because like we were friends for a period of time, but not very long. Like, we pretty much, like, went, like, straight to, like, being each other's person. And and he died, like, a, f- a few weeks later. A few weeks after he ended things? Yeah. he. But right before he um, – I wish I had it on me, but I have this thumbprint necklace that he gave me. That's his thumbprint and his, um, his name on the back. And – I like gave it back to him when he broke up with me. I was like, I don't want it. Give it to your mom. Like, I want her to have it. Like, and he had her save it for me. Um, and his family like came to me after because he wanted to see me. I was one of the last people that saw him alive. Like, he didn't want to see anybody at this point mm-hmm. in time. Um, because he had grown apart from a lot of his friends because they're they were all athletes. Like he used right. to be, and talking about all these fun things that they could all do together. But I kind of related, could relate to him to an extent because like I had grown up with the pandas and this, these hips problems that later turned out to, I just got diagnosed this year with like um, Ehlers-Danlos and POTS, like these rare genetic conditions that cause chronic pain. And like, that was the why. So like, I, I know what it's like to, be it in pain and not right. want to participate with the rest of the world in that way. Like, but I don't, I obviously will never know to that extent or I'm not comparing the two things, but I, I relate I, a little bit better. Yeah. I could yeah. understand in a way that his friends couldn't. And he, he wanted to see me last. And he just like, kind of just was like, told me that he loved me and that he, like had this perfect last moment like it was like the last day that he felt good before he died he like saw me and then um he passed away and that's more so like the grief side of things and me trying to deal with all of that after because like it's it's an ongoing process and I know it's so different for everybody, grief, and I really have learned that. And it's also so crazy how people don't know how to to act, especially young people, because, like, they've never been told, like – and even adults. I've had some adults say some really crazy things to me, like, even still. Right. Um, and I was obviously devastated um, and yeah. – like I'm literally – I'm stitched on – he had a natural burial because that was so important to him. So he's literally – it's like this like quilt and all his people he loved stitched our names on it. Mm-hmm. And then he's – it's just like straight into the ground, like no coffin. So it's like a kind of like back to the earth type of thing. Okay. And it's like this beautiful ceremony where they grow all these wildflowers over you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this really beautiful thing that was perfect for him. Yeah. Um, cause he like, again, he was like this big, like earthy, like he literally, he scouted out this, this spot, literally like sent me a picture with a lady who owns the graveyard. He's like, look at me and my grave lady. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, stop with that. Yeah. Stop with that. That's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So 
it's not like I didn't eat. I didn't talk to anybody. Like now I'm going into my senior year of high school because it happened right that summer before. And I all of a sudden like, like I'm a very like happy, like chatty, like person. Like my friends always say, like I have resting smiley face mm-hmm. instead of like resting bitch face. Yeah. Um, but I was just miserable. Right. Obviously. Um, I'm devastated and I didn't understand why someone so wonderful had to die for literally no reason. Mm-hmm. And everyone goes like, uh, oh, I, my least favorite thing to hear ever is um, everything happens for a reason. Right. Because I'm like, what is the reason? Like, tell me the reason for this. Like, mm-hmm. and I understand, obviously, I think certainly some things happen for a reason. I just don't think that was one of them. Right. And so like, that is just like the most, to me, that's like the most inappropriate response ever. I'd have yeah. like these like grown adults come to me and be like, he's in a better place. I'm mm-hmm. like, mm, is he? Right. Because like, shouldn't he be here with his family? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to mention mm-hmm. too, you know, I think that the grief after the fact is one type of grief, but then you still, I mean, no matter what age you are having to go through that, that's going to take a toll and be really hard for anyone. But I think, too, you being so young and, like, your brain, like we were saying before, it's, like, at that age, you don't even really – you can't even grasp, like, actually what's happening. And I think that naturally in moments like that, the main thing that you're going to be thinking about is, okay, we don't have much time together. All I want to do is spend as much time I can with him, you know, make him happy. He makes me happy. And that's – I think that on the outside, that's what – that's all that we think we're thinking about. Mm -hmm. But in actuality – the situation and the reality of what's actually happening takes such a toll on you without you even realizing it. You know what I mean? Like during even, you know, even like the moments that you guys had all these good times, it's still a lot for somebody to take on and handle and even process, you know, that takes so much time to actually process and and go through. So it's like, you know, after the fact you were going through the grief of actually losing him, but then you still probably didn't even process what all just happened, you know, because that's so much for even, for you or anybody to deal with and go through, especially at such a young age. Exactly. And I didn't realize how traumatized I was right. being through this whole process because I was, again, like I was just, I was there. And it's very emotionally draining. Like you might not even realize it, but it's like everything that's happening, you almost put on yourself, even if you don't realize it, because you, you're think you see all these things that are happening and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's not the norm, you know what I mean, for a high school student to have to go through. So it's like it's very hard, I think, on anybody and especially just like on your emotions and your heart. It's not an easy thing at all. No, it certainly wasn't. And I processed it for for years after. Right. Because these are all these things that I never realized or processed. And I found out like I think a year after he died that I had PTSD. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like – what do you mean I have PTSD? Like there's, there should be no reason I have PTSD. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and my therapist was like, Kate, like this was a traumatic event. If you realize yeah. it or not, this like going back, like I would have these, I, I think I honestly had it all the way through and I just didn't know because mm-hmm. I'd have these horrific panic attacks all the time. Um, I was just like so distressed all the time, like just shaking. I was every day I was afraid that he was, he was dead. Um, and it was just horrible. (laughs) It was, it was ungodly horrible for, for everyone that was close to him. And I just like, didn't realize, and especially going into it, like I had no idea. I didn't think that through. I just was like, 
I'm obsessed with him. He's the best person I've ever met. Like, I have to be with him. Like, that was all that mattered to me. And I would do the exact same thing over again. I think, honestly, for me, that it was better that I didn't think about it and that I didn't know all this after stuff because that has nothing to do with him Mm -hmm. as a person or him. His circumstance has nothing to do with him. Like, he was nothing but wonderful, truthfully. Like, nothing but wonderful. Like, he always – he would always say, like, he doesn't like when people like glorify people who are sick or people who are dead. So um, he was not a perfect person, mm-hmm. but he was pretty damn close. Yeah. He was just a wonderful person who I enjoyed immensely and loved so deeply. Um, but yeah, I didn't think that through at all. I had no idea what it was going to be like. And then right after, like I lost like a ton of my friends because – my people didn't want to be around me because like they had no idea what to say to me. Like I just like grew this dark sense of humor and like, because that's how he was. He would, Mm -hmm. he would like make these just extremely out of pocket, dark jokes all the time. And so in my head, I'm like, that's how you process (laughs) process grief. (laughs) And so that's still how I do it. But like now, like I know how to advocate for myself and for other people in terms of grief and I can explain it to people but at the time I couldn't um and so I like lost and like my senior year of high school I had like practically no friends because or like I don't know that we weren't friends but like we weren't close anymore because they just didn't understand and it's not their fault they were children also Mm -hmm. like we were all children in this and like they don't know what to do and no one trained them on how to be a friend to somebody who just went through that Exactly. Yeah. And that's why a part a big part of the reason I like to talk about this is because like I am not the person to tell you how to deal with having cancer because that was not my experience. My experience of losing someone to cancer, someone very very close to them, like I can help advocate for like the what do you say what do you right. do like the grief aspect like on exactly. I feel like the grief aspect from your your perspective but also like you were saying from even maybe an outsider's perspective like that somebody that might be your friend or you know just some like an acquaintance anything that's what I was just thinking before you said it is like I feel like that is going to be a big thing for the people listening that could really help and even just feel heard too because even if it could be losing a parent or losing a friend you know especially if it's around the same time frame as you were, you know, in high school or, you know, pretty young. I feel like this is a good episode for people to really feel heard and related to. And then, like I said, too, just if you are a friend of somebody who's going through that, how to deal with them and and help them, too, and hear them. Because sometimes all people need is just somebody to listen. It's not even always about advice or or helping them cope. It's just literally just being there. But it's like at that age, I think – it's so hard for people to do that because you're young and you, even for a friend, it's like, how do they process what their friend is going through? You know, so it's, it's difficult on, from all angles too. Exactly. And I don't think I had very much sensitivity towards my friends at that time. Mm-hmm. Now I a hundred percent do. I'm like, how would, on earth would they have known? Right. Um, but at the time I was better and mm-hmm. of course, <laughs> angry. Yeah. And, um, but no, it's so, so important. And yeah, like, and from all these different perspectives of what do you say as a friend? What do you say as a parent? What do you, 
What do you maybe not say? Yeah, what do yeah. you not say? I, I more so know what to right. not say. <laughs> yeah. Don't say they're in a better place. Don't say it happened for a reason. reason. Yeah. Those are the big two. No, no, no. Um, oh, I don't know. Like, there's just so many, like, weird things people say to me. Or I get, I used to get really pissed. Like, I had, or even recently, like this year, like, um, Charlie, so I'm 22 now. He died when we were 17. Mm -hmm. So it's been like four years, um, like four and a half years. And um, just this year, I had a girl um, I went to high school with who really didn't really even know him and like moved before this really even started happening Mm -hmm. and text me because she heard something about someone in his family and wanted the inside scoop. I was like, what's wrong with you? You don't, you don't know him. You don't love him. You don't care about him. Why do you think I'm like your inside source for like this family's trauma? Like absolutely not. Or like, I don't know. There was a lot of like people that would like be like, he was my best friend. I'm like, I, I was there. Right. Where were you? Like, (laughs) I saw you. Like, um, and like, I understand like having a hard time being there during something like that because believe me I get it that was not always pleasant for Mm -hmm. sure like that was very traumatic at a lot of times but not had nothing to do with him at all Mm -hmm. again but the pretending of like yes we're besties like love you forever brother I'm like no Mm, no that like rubbed me the wrongest way yeah um yeah so even stuff like that just trying to like advocate to just like like don't say stuff like that and like or that grief is messy and like not every moment is going to be perfect like the fact that we broke up right before he died and like I dealt that like processing that forever it was like he never loved me he hated me blah 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 but like literally his family was like Kate like he was just so sick like it was family I would met family members at his funeral that I had never met before in his life in my life and they knew me by face and they called me and they're like you were so important to him you were so special to him like allowing yourself to grieve and feel the way you feel no matter what kind of messiness is going on because um I almost felt like I wasn't allowed to grieve yeah um and like there is still to to this day like I miss him all the time. I think about him every day. Like I'm in a place where I accept, I don't want what has happened to have, have happened, but it did. Like right. it's too late for that. Like um, I accept and I, I have built such a beautiful life for myself anyways. And I, I love doing stuff that I think would have made him proud or like, like shortly right after he died, I gave a TED talk. Like, literally within six months, I was like, I'm giving a TED Talk. Like, again, another one of those take the risk type of things. Mm-hmm. Or as I like, I can't, I can't die and not have given a TED Talk about this. And like, what it means to really like, love fully and love openly and take every risk despite all the messiness and consequence side of things. And a few years later, I, I literally came out with, um, because throughout this whole process of me dating him to like years after he died, like I was writing because I coping through writing is like one of the best things ever. Mm-hmm. And like, it doesn't need to be good. You literally just like, I just like type, like I'll be up in the middle of the night and I'll just 
think of something or upset me or like in the moment, like I couldn't express myself in a way that made sense. So I would just write all the time. And then I looked and I had like a hundred pages of this poems and essays and all this stuff. So I put it together and I'm like, this is a grief memoir of like yeah. what it's really like. Like it's not. Very, like a raw side of it. Exactly. Like not perfect. Exactly. Because yeah, like I'm not going to do everything right. And I I didn't. I 100% didn't. But I showed up for him and I loved him fiercely. And I told him I loved him every day until the end. And he showed up for me. He really, really did. And like when he did not need to and when he had nothing to give, literally nothing to give, he showed up for me. Um, and yeah, so like this messy grief. I don't know if I'm making any sense at all. No, but. you are. Mm-hmm. And like the like going in and out of stages, like there's no like seven stages of grief. Like, yes, those are all stages. But for me anyways, like it's the most like random order Absolutely. ever. You could have, you could wake up and feel good and have a good day. Mm-hmm. And then the next day feel like you're back like it just happened all over again. Like there is no, I agree with you. There is no like right process. Everybody handles it differently. Number one, like you said in the beginning. And number two, you like, you could literally have good days and bad days. No matter whether you're five years into it or one day into it, which is, it's just normal. It's part of it. Exactly. And it's, it's just how it goes. Like there, I always like to say like, I'm always moving forward. I'm building my life around this this great love, I'm this great love and this great mm-hmm. loss. And I'm always moving forward, but I'm never moving on because I, you're just no, I think moving on is just something that doesn't need to happen. Like th- this happened and it was wonderful and it can stay and everything else can go around it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still going to find someone else that I love fiercely. And it's then that can understand that this was, this is important to me and that this is all stuff that I, I care about and advocating for childhood cancer and grief and that Charlie was a big part of my life and that that is a love that's always going to be within me. But I can, you can, I don't think love is finite. Like mm-hmm. why can't you love someone who is lost and also love other people? Why can't I have days where I am just devastated by this loss and like also like be girl bossing it up. Like I'm right. in grad school a year early. Like I'm going around. I'm doing all my things. Um, and like that's great. But like I also like have days where I literally like will wake up in the middle of the night and look through old pictures and sob. And right. like is that frequently anymore? No. But probably once every two months. Yeah. Like as a cycle. Like it just kind of happens. And that's fine. And like also like – they people will always like look at you if you're crazy if you like you like talk out loud to them. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is just such a beautiful way of connecting. And um, I if I'm in my car by myself driving because I I have this little Prius. Mm-hmm. Her name is Polly. She's adorable. <laughs> Polly the Prius. <laughs> Polly the Prius. Mm-hmm. She's incredible. And Charlie would always make fun of it. He was like, "What is this?" Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "Don't don't hate. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful." Yeah. And. So if I'm alone in my car, I haven't done it in a while, but once in a while, I'll just talk to him and I'll be like, this is what's going on in my life. Like, look how cool I am with this. Like, what? Like, I wonder what you're doing over there. And like, staying, like, so just talking aloud. Like, it's like, what's, what's the problem with that? It's just, 
Yeah, and if that helps you and works for you, exactly. that's all that matters for sure. Exactly. And like obviously that won't work for everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. has their own things. And some people don't want to talk about it at all. And But I think a lot of the reason people don't want to talk about it at all sometimes is that they feel like they can't mm-hmm. or they shouldn't or they're going to get shut down by other people. So you you were in therapy afterwards, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And then are you still in therapy now? Mm-hmm. So okay. I – like it's funny because – to anybody else, I would be the person with more health problems mentally and physically, mm-hmm. except for him. Yeah. Um, I've been in therapy literally since I was eight for like okay. this OCD and anxiety and PTSD. Like it's just been common. PTSD is new, but the rest has just been a common theme in my life. Um, and it's always been bad. I also have a, a skin picking disorder. I have dermatillomania. So like my like anxiety or my OC, my obsession will literally manifest itself into me like ripping my skin apart to like, mm-hmm. and then that makes you feel so shameful. Like, what did I just do? Like I'm hideous. And then you hate yourself. And then you, I need control again in my life. And then you do it over again. So I've been, I've been in therapy pretty much my entire life. I've always been medicated. Um, cause I need to be, I, yeah. and it, that's how I can function. Um, and that's fine. And, like, I'm always going to be a person that needs more medically. Like, I have to go get trigger point injection shots for my connective tissue disorder, like that mm-hmm. genetic disorder I have. Or I have POTS, so I my blood pressure goes down and my heart rate goes up, especially when I change positions or if it's hot or sometimes just randomly. Mm-hmm. And so my eyesight will black out and I'll, like, like pretty much faint um, very frequently. Like, I'll just get out of bed. I'll go right back to the floor. So, like, I'm always going to need more health stuff than a lot of people. and But, like, that's fine. Like, sometimes you just got to do what you need to do to get by. Um, Yeah, so I've always been in therapy and I've always had to have – I've always had to deal with a lot of of things like that on top of, like, all these circumstantial stuff. And then, like, normal stuff. Like, um, like, even just now, like – I always like I'll get like crappy bar guys at the bar be like oh like you're so tall do they play basketball I'm like ew like no like just right. like normal stuff like mm-hmm. that additionally I'd have to like all these like strange mm-hmm. things yeah. yeah and then what is it I want you to tap like touch onto a little bit of what you do now because mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting and I feel like it obviously ties into everything that you experienced so I feel like it's an important important thing for you to talk about yeah so I'm in grad school for speech pathology right now. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's Good. the most wonderful field in the whole world. Um, and it is so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is so, so, so challenging. But I've been working um, with different individuals with disabilities since I was like 16. And this is a big part of what got me through um, a- after losing Charlie because like these are my like my people. Like when I get to work with th- these different populations, I work with people who are nonverbal. I work with people with all sorts of developmental diff- disabilities and now in grad school, I've, I've really worked with everybody. Right now I'm in the schools. Um, so I'm at in Stanford. Um, and just all these different kids with uh, – we have – I have one with selective mutism. I have some with um, articulation disorders, everything. And I had old people, uh, dementia, mm-hmm. um, aphasias. Like it's such a broad field of communicating – just getting what you need to get across and how you can do it best and swallowing also. So not like, so how you can swallow safely 
Um, so that's what I do and I love it because obviously I'm chatty and I think communication is one of the most important things in the entire world. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's become such a passion of mine and it really, I love it so much because you can actively see right in front of you what the difference you are making. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like when a kid gets it or when an adult gets it and like all of a sudden, like they just start getting something right that they were never getting right before. It's just the most incredible feeling ever. Yeah. Or I have a patient that, so aphasia is after a stroke. There's all different kinds, but uh, one of the major problems is word finding and like, yeah, like disorganization of thoughts. Like uh, there's a lot of different symptoms of it and a lot of different types. But anyway, this particular patient was having a really hard time making um, uh, schedules um, in his phone notes. Um, and like co- just couldn't get the order of it down. Like um, no matter what he did. And we finally got a process that worked for him. And then he came back this semester and has different girls in the other cohort. And he was doing it immediately. They told me. They're like, what? I don't see a problem with that. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't need help with that anymore. Like, you fixed it. Um, and, like, that so functionally changed his life mm-hmm. where he can now be at all his appointments on time, knows where he needs to be, can see it visually. Like, it just helps him so much. Like, something so small, like being right. like your own calendar appointment. It's made so the important. biggest difference, yeah. Exactly. And then did you say you work with children also? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what do you do with that? Like with the was it? Did you say with children that have had like family with cancer? Is that what you were saying before? Oh yes, yes, yes. I've done that too. Okay. I've done a lot yeah. of things. I'm a little mm-hmm. all over the board. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I um. I used to volunteer at this camp for um children. Um. They do a bunch of different things. It's, it's Camp Good Days. It takes place in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Um, which is where I'm from. And it's this beautiful camp. They have all different weeks for all different ways cancer affects you. Mm-hmm. And so the the um, the week I used to volunteer at is called Teddy's Team. And it's for um, children with cancer. But there's weeks for people, for children that have lost someone to cancer. Okay. There's a week for uh, children that have siblings with cancer. There's a week for um, that have parents with cancer. Um, all sorts of different weeks for everybody and it's just you go here and you just love the shit out of these kids essentially like you just like give them all the support and all the love and just let them talk like just like you were saying like just listening like means so much to these kids and it's it's so wonderful and I I did this thing my senior year of high school where we raised a ton of money for this camp um it's like called like it's for like dance marathon. I know a lot of schools do a similar thing. A lot of colleges do, but my high school did it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And we raised like a hundred thousand dollars for this camp. And like, I'm, I'm not like, I don't know. Like it's, I don't, I'm not someone who likes to go out of my box. I like to do my thing. Like I'm be like to be structured. And this was that very out of my comfort zone. Cause it was like with all people I didn't know in this, like, or I knew, but like wasn't friends with, like it wasn't my crowd at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for this cause, like it, it meant so much for me, and I'm so like, glad that I I did that. And I, um, I in undergrad I was in Tri Delta sorority exclusively because I wanted um to work with St Jude. Um, so I always try to keep that stuff with me the best that I can. Yeah, and I was gonna say too. I feel like obviously your experience was so tragic and was something horrible that you went through. But at the same time, I feel like that allows you to 
be that much more open to these other kids and people that have gone through something similar or even might have cancer because you've experienced that firsthand with somebody that you loved so much. So I must feel like that makes you the perfect person to help other people that are going through that because you actually can relate and understand it. Because I think that, I mean, this is with anything too, you know, that people can have a job or um, volunteer with something and they can want to do it and they could be good at it. But I think that there's another, there's something more, I don't want to say more empowering, but there's something different about somebody that really has experienced it and, and understands it because I just feel like you, you hold it in your heart and that really shows through when it comes to helping somebody else that's going through it or has been through it. So I think that it's really empowering and amazing that you do that you do volunteer and you help children and you help, you know, p- people in general just in so many ways because I feel like you just have a warmness to your heart because you can understand what it feels like to lose someone you love and in such a, a sad, unfortunate way too. You know, like you basically – I always say I think something that's really hard is – to have to watch someone you love just kind of decline when they are such a an amazing bright light, you know. And I think that it's amazing too because in a way I think that seeing Charlie, right, mm-hmm. seeing Charlie kind of hold his strength and brightness through such a dark time in his life kind of gives you strength for like you know like if if in if in any place in your life you you might be going through something you can kind of remember and tap back into well if he could be strong when he went through this I can be strong so I feel like there's so many little things that and big things that you can take from you know the tragic experience and just make it bright and happy and help yourself and help others which it sounds like you do so often and so much so even coming on here and obviously you're going to help so many people that are just listening even if it isn't the exact same experience it's still going to touch so many people and make so many people feel heard and understood and and even just understand what somebody might have gone through and you know what what he went through but also what you went through like I was saying before so that people can maybe even just have more sincerity and not because I think it can be frustrating especially if people don't understand um so maybe just to like help people let their walls down and be like okay this person's going through something I just need to be there and listen and just let them know like I'm here to support them if they need it so I think it's amazing everything that you're doing and even like I said the fact that you came on here to open up and share your story so I think it's great thank you so much of course